0: This episode of Bach on Wednesday was recorded for release on April 28th, 2021. Greetings, this is Terry Noel-Tow. This installment of Bach on Wednesday was recorded with... April 28th in mind. You see, my parents were married 87 years ago on April 28th, 1934. So, this installment of Bach on Wednesday will be devoted to the cantatas that he wrote for weddings, and there are several of them, which literally run the gamut of his career. After we have explored the wedding cantatas, I want to focus on celebrating the anniversaries of the births of two significant Bach interpreters who were born in April. The first of these is Artur Schnabel, who was born on April 17th, Eighteen eighty-two, the second. Leopold Stokowski, who was one day younger, he was born on April eighteenth, eighteen eighty-two. The earliest of the Bach wedding cantatas, is a brief cantata, called "Der Herr denket an uns." It dates from 1707, 1708. The intriguing aspect of this cantata is that one cannot help but ask the blunt question, did Bach write this to celebrate his own marriage to his cousin Maria Barbara Bach of Geren? It's entirely possible that it was sung by a small ensemble in the church in Dornheim, near Arnstadt, where Johann Sebastian and Maria Barbara tied the knot. In this performance, the soprano is Helmut Wittek, who was a soprano soloist in the Tulzer Knabenchor. The tenor is Kurt Equilutz, the bass, Thomas Hampson. The Tulzer Knabenchor was prepared by its then-chorus master Gerhard Schmidtgarten. The Consentus Musicus Wien provides the instrumentalists and the entire ensemble is Directed by Nikolaus hanancourt Johann Sebastian Bach. Der Herr denkt an uns. BWV 196 Sebastian Bach, The Wedding Cantata Der Herr Denket an uns, BWV 196, written about 177, maybe 178, when he was 22 or 23 years of old. Personally I like to think he wrote it for his own marriage to Maria Barbara Bach of In this performance, which was first published in 1989, Helmut Wittek was the boy soprano from the Tulzer Knabenchor, Kurt Eckwilutz the tenor, Thomas Hampson the bass. The Tulzer Knabenchor was prepared by its then chorus master Gerhard Schmidt-Gaden the Consentus musicus Wien, playing period instruments, the entire ensemble under the direction of Nikolaus Hanancur. The next wedding cantata that we have was composed while Bach was in Weimar between 1708 and 1717. It only survives in copies, But there are certain stylistic quirks, if you will, that show that it was written in Weimar, namely the endings of some of the recitatives, etc. This cantata also is one of the best known of the solo cantatas. Many great sopranos have undertaken it. Weichet nur betrüpte schatten, BWV-202. This performance was recorded in the Eglise Saint-Pierre in Prade, France, on June 19, 1953. The soprano Maria Stader, the Prade Festival Orchestra, Is conducted of course by Pablo Casals who the oboist is I don't know he or she is not identified in the annotations to this recording and unfortunately I can't get to the run of Proud Festival program books That Don Pablo and Don Martita Casals gave me in the early nineteen seventies. It may have been Marcel Tabito. It could also have been Lila Storch, who, believe it or not, is still alive. I think she's ninety-nine. She lives out in Seattle. Lila would know, but I don't know how to reach her, unfortunately. If I did, I'd phone and try to find out from her, because she would remember she was there for at least the first four of the Casals festivals in Prague and also with the one in Belpignan. So we go with the flow. Maria Stadter Soprano, the Prague Festival Orchestra, conducted by Pablo Casals. A performance given on June 19, 1953. Weichert nur betrubte Schatten, BWV-202, by Johann Sebastian Bach. Concert in Prade, France on June 19, 1953 at the Prad Festival directed by Pablo Casals. The soprano, the great Maria Stada. Pablo Casals conducted the Prade Festival Orchestra but there's some intriguing unanswered questions. Who was the oboist? Who was the violin soloist? Who played the piano continuo? Casals was not big on the harpsichord, as we all know. I do know that Casals' good friend, Mieczysław Horzovsky, played a performance of Ludwig van Beethoven's piano concerto number one and C major, opus 15, at that festival on June 24, 1953. Mietjo was a very good continuo player. It may well have been him. And as I say, I don't have access to my copy of the program for that festival. And I therefore can't see what information i might be able to find in that book and at least it would have a roster of orchestra members and the instrumental soloists may well have been the concertmaster and the principal oboist sasha schneider alexander schneider marcel tabuto lila storch the answers remain to be determined. The remaining surviving wedding cantatas by Johann Sebastian Bach all date from his years in Leipzig. He very quickly established a thriving business, providing music to, shall we say, the wealthy households for parties weddings and other celebrations or commemorations, including funerals. The earliest of these Leipzig wedding cantatas, which Bach revived more than once in the last years of his life, originally was composed around 1727. It calls for four voices, three trombe, tamburi, timpani, drums, two oboes, flutes, two violins, viola, and continuo. In other words, whoever commissioned this work the first time had bucks. Or should I say, ducats. But it was obviously written for someone wealthy. The Cantata, dem Gerechten muss das Licht immer wieder aufgehen. In this performance, is presented by Jan Patrick O'Farrell, boy soloist from the Knabenchor Hanover soprano, Rene Jacobs, altus countertenor. John Elwes, tenor, Harry Vanderkamp der Kamp, bass, the Knabenchor Corps Hanover, prepared by Chorus Master Heinz Hennig, the Collegium Vocale Gent, prepared by its Chorus Master, Philippe Herreweghe, and the Leonhard Consort, playing period instruments. The entire ensemble under the direction of Gustav Leonard, Johann Sebastian Bach, dem Gerechten muss das Licht immer wieder aufgehen, BWV 195. Sebastian Bach, The Wedding Cantata, Dem Gerechten Muss Das Licht Immer Wieder Aufgehen, B.W.V. 195. Composed about 1726, 1727 and revised a couple of times in the last couple of years of Bach's life. Clearly something he felt he could recycle for further weddings. The performers Jan Patrick O'Farrell, soloist of the Kahnabin Corps Hanover, soprano, Rene Jacobs, altos, countertenor, John Elvis, tenor, Harry van der Kamp, bass, the Knabenchor Hanover, prepared by Heinz Hennig, chorus master, and the Collegium Vocale Gent, prepared by Philipp Herrewege. The Leonard consort, playing on period instruments. The ensemble under the direction of Gustav Leonhard. Marvelous cantata. one. Drop stitch on my part, I neglected to explain to you that the concluding chorale was not sung together with the preceding five movements. Those five movements came before the wedding ceremony. The chorale was sung at the end. The next surviving wedding cantata by Johann Sebastian Bach is the cantata BWV-197 Gott ist unsere Zuversicht This cantata has a complex history because it didn't start out as a wedding cantata. Most of it is to be found in a cantata BWV-197A eras I got into that Bach wrote for Christmas. We don't have the score but it can be reconstructed from 197. Whatever. This is a wonderful cantata. I commend to you particularly the alto aria in the first part of this cantata. I don't have to pick up a drop stitch with this one. This is a cantata in two parts, like BWV-195. The difference, however, is that the two parts are more evenly balanced. In other words, in the section that was performed after the wedding, there's a bass aria, a soprano recitative and aria, a recitative and bass for bass, and then a final chorale. So, now, here is the cantata Gott ist unsere Zuversicht by Johann Sebastian Bach, BWV 197. The performers in this recording, which was made about 1989, are... Jan Patrick O'Farrell, boy soprano soloist from the Knobben Corps, Hanover. Rene Jacobs, altos, countertenor. Harry Vanderkamp, bass. The Knabenchor Chor Hanover, prepared by its then chorus master, Heinz Hennig, and the Collegium Vocale Ghent, prepared by its director, Philipp Herrewege. The Leonhardt Consort plays period instruments. The entire ensemble is conducted by Gustav Leonhardt. Um was part one, which came before the wedding ceremony. Here is part two, which came afterwards. The second part of Gott ist unsere Zuversicht, BWV 197, opens with a bass aria that begins O angenehmes paar, O delightful couple, how delightful it must have been for those two individuals whose identity is not presently known to have been honored by such magnificent music at their wedding. In that performance of Gott ist unsere Zuversicht, Jan Patrick O'Farrell, a boy soloist from the Knaben Hanover, sang the soprano soloist. The great countertenor, Rene Jacobs, sang the alto solos. Harry van der Kamp was the bass soloist. The Knabenchor Hanover, Heinz Hennig was the chorus master in those days, and the Collegium Vocale Ghent, Chorus master Philippe Herreweghe and the Leonhardt consort, all were under the direction of Gustav Leonhardt in this performance, which was recorded about 1989 and released in that year. The latest of the surviving wedding cantatas by Johann Sebastian Bach was written in the 1740s. 1742, 1744, 1746 are the years proposed. One must remember that the Bachs were well connected socially in Leipzig. They numbered amongst their friends some of the wealthiest families in the city, and when music was needed, Johann Sebastian Bach was called upon. The cantata O Holdertag Zeit," BWV 210, is written for a soprano soloist. Anna Magdalena Bach was a soprano of high quality. Personally, I think this cantata was written for her to sing. And I can't prove it, but no one can disprove it. In this marvelous performance, the soprano is Emma Kirkby. Wonderful singer, wonderful person. The Academy of Ancient Music is directed by the great Christopher Hogwood, who was my friend for thirty years. God rest Chris's soul. (laughs) O holder Tag, erwünschte Zeit, BWV
1: 210. The vehicle voice won do fest das uns erfreut. right wegster- the
0: being so lucky as to have that sung at your wedding reception because it is entirely secular as far as the text is concerned I'm sure it was not sung at the wedding ceremony but at the reception or at a gathering afterwards For whom it was written, we do not know. The soprano soloist, as far as I'm concerned, was Bach's wife, Anna Magdalena, who was a very, very fine soprano, by all reports. In that performance, the soprano was the divine Emma Kirkby, the Academy of Ancient Music playing, of course, on period instruments, was directed by the great Christopher Hogwood. And as many of you know, Chris was my good friend for 30 years. God rest his soul. If you are enjoying my internet broadcasts, please remember that they are made possible by the steadfast encouragement and generous support of the Foundation for the Revival of Classical Culture which is a not-for-profit corporation in the state of Connecticut. The Foundation for the Revival of Classical Culture enjoys 501c3 status under the Internal Revenue Code. That means that any contribution that you may decide to make to the Foundation for the Revival of Classical Culture is tax-deductible to the fullest extent that the law permits. So, if you are interested in making a contribution, and I certainly hope that you are, please go to the main page of the Foundation for the Revival of Classical Culture at www.ffrcc.org. Scroll down to the bottom of the page you'll see a red tablet. I won't refer to such a thing as an icon because that is an insult to the word. Click on that tablet, the one that says Donate on it, and you will be taken to a page that will guide you in every way to make your tax-deductible contribution. I thank you in advance for your generosity. Now let us, if you will, shift gears. April includes the anniversaries of the births of at least two significant interpreters of the music of Johann Sebastian Bach. One of those is Artur Schnabel, who was born in Lipnick in Austria on April 17, 1882. Bach, of course, was not his longest suit. His longest suits were first Beethoven, second Schubert, and third, Mozart. But that does not diminish his abilities, if you will, to give scintillating and inspiring performances of the keyboard pieces of Johann Sebastian Bach. So I propose to present for you a recital of keyboard pieces by Johann Sebastian Bach that Artur Schnabel recorded in the number three studio at the Abbey Road Studios in London, England between 1937 and 1950. The first of these from Das Voltemperate Klavier, what we call the Well-Tempered Clavier Book 1, the Prelude and Fugue No. 5 in D Major, BWV 850. That will be followed by the Chromatic Fantasia and Fugue in D Minor, BWV 903, which was recorded on June 15th and 16th, 1948, the Concert nach dem Italienischen Gusto, the concerto according to the Italian taste, what we call the Italian concerto in F major, BWV 997. Then two of the Bach toccatas, The Toccata in C minor and the Toccata in D major. Both of these were recorded on November 24, 1937. in sessions held in the number three studio at abbey road studios in london england between 1937 and 1950 keyboard pieces by johann sebastian bach played by arthur schnabel who was born on april 17 1882. you heard the Prelude in Fugue number no. five in D major BWV eight fifty from Das Vol Klavier*, clavier, what we call Book One of the Well Tempered Clavier. Thereafter you heard the chromatic fantasia in fugue in D minor BWV nine zero three. The concert nach dem italienischen Gusto, the concerto according to the Italian taste, what we call the Italian concerto in F major, BWV 971, the Toccata in C minor, BWV 911, and finally the Toccata in D major, BWV 912. As I said Artur Schnabel at the piano. He was born on April 17, 1882. On October 28, 1936, Artur Schnabel, together with his gifted son Karl Ulrich Schnabel, who had his own independent career as a successful concert pianist and pedagogue to join the London Symphony Orchestra conducted by Adrian Bold, he was not yet Sir Adrian Bold, to play the Concerto number no. 2 for two claviers in C major, BWV 1061. We now know that the accompanying string parts are posthumous and that Bach intended the concerto as a composition for two solo keyboards. As marvelous as the partnership between those two gentlemen and the London Symphony Orchestra, under the direction of Adrian Bolt, is, it would be nice, to have a recording of Artur and Karl Ulrich Schnabel playing that concerto without that accompaniment. Beggars can't be choosers, number one, and number two, we are delighted to have this marvelous performance. studio at the Abbey Road studios in London on October 28 1936 Johann Sebastian Bach the concerto number two for two claviers BWV 1061 the pianist Artur Schnabel who was born on April 17 1882 and his son, Karl Ulrich Schnabel, a distinguished pianist in his own right. The instrumental partnership provided by the strings of the London Symphony Orchestra conducted by Dr. Adrian C. Bolt. He wasn't knighted for several years after the making of this recording.